Hi guys, my name is V. Welcome to my podcast, Crime and Mystery. I'll be posting about true crimes or any mystery stories that fascinates me. Hope you guys enjoy it and here we go. In today's episode, we'll be looking at Cleopatra. When you look at ancient Egypt, Cleopatra was one of the most famous figures. Just the name Cleopatra is now associated with beauty and luxury. Cleopatra was, of course, the last pharaoh of Egypt. Since her death, Cleopatra has been portrayed as the romantic heroine, the beautiful goddess. She was so beautiful that many powerful men fell under her spell of beauty. Despite having lived over 2,000 years ago, Cleopatra still lives in our mind. Who was Cleopatra? Was she really as beautiful as the Romans describe her to be? What made Cleopatra so famous? Some legends say that she was as vicious as she was beautiful. So who was the real Cleopatra? Cleopatra has been the subject of many works of arts, from Roman poet, Shakespeare, to even TV dramas. Most of us know her from our television screens, and we often forget that Cleopatra was a real person. She was a living person. Cleopatra was born in Alexandria, Egypt in 69 BC. She was born into an incest family line where they murdered for power. Her family line was one long blood-soaked competition for power. Her father, Pharaoh Ptolemy XII, was the king of Egypt. The great ancient Egypt was declining by Cleopatra's time. The Roman Empire was on the rise during this period. Egypt needed a strong leader and Cleopatra's father had chosen her to be the successor. Cleopatra was trained to be a pharaoh since she was very young. Her father made sure she was well educated and Cleopatra was known to be an intelligent young lady. She grew up learning science, math, astronomy and she even wrote poetry. Cleopatra was raised to be the future queen. As much as that sounds glamorous to us, in ancient time, it came with a cost. She was born into the Ptolemy family where they were known to be murderers and a power-hungry dynasty. Her family had been in control of Egypt for about 300 years by acting in such way. Death, murder and plots were absolutely normal and was used as a political tool. Can you imagine living a life where you can't trust your own blood? Many of the Ptolemies die from being executed, poisoned or beheaded. Cleopatra's own sister was killed by her father when she tried to steal her father's throne. It was said that the father had the sister beheaded in front of young Cleopatra. It was almost like if you don't get to the throne by killing everyone, 
someone else will get to the throne and kill you. You almost had no choice to kill or to be killed. Another weird thing that was accustomed to the Ptolemy is the incest that happens in it. The reason behind it is to produce a pure bloodline of pharaohs so the throne remains in the family. You have brothers marrying sisters, you have sons marrying mothers. It sounds completely insane in this modern era but this was their reality. The Ptolemy reigned Egypt for 300 years. They were once very successful. However, when Cleopatra was born, things were not the same. The faith of the throne of the Ptolemy relied on a foreign power, Rome. During this period, Rome was the superpower when Cleopatra was just 10 years old, her father was facing some family rebellion. In hopes of retaining his power, he left for Rome with his daughter Cleopatra and begged the Romans for money that he needed to keep power. She saw her almighty king father begging the Romans. Murder, incest and danger can describe Cleopatra's childhood and she survived it. When Cleopatra was only 16, everything changed. With the money her father got from Rome, he retained his power in 52 BC and crowned his daughter as his queen. However, for the first time, the Ptolemy will break traditions. This relationship between the king and the queen was plutonic and not incestuous. Cleopatra, however, was living in constant fear. She might be the queen, but her life is always in danger. Danger caused by her own blood. One year after being queen, the pharaoh, her father, had died and Cleopatra was still a teen at this point and she found herself in the centre of a power struggle. Her rival and now her new co-ruler was her 10-year-old brother, Ptolemy XIII. It was said that Cleopatra was humiliated to have a 10-year-old as her equal. Both of them immediately butted heads. She thought she was the best person to rule Egypt. However, Ptolemy XIII thought the same. Ptolemy XIII may have just been a boy, however, he was surrounded by power-hungry advisors that were just waiting to take advantage of his age. They went on to plot and got the support of the courts and the military behind Ptolemy. They were all plotting to take down Cleopatra. In the palace, her brother's advisors were gaining more power and she was worried that she could be assassinated anytime, anywhere. Cleopatra, the queen of Egypt, was in fear. Cleopatra soon realized that as long as her brother is alive, her life is in danger. In hopes of survival, Cleopatra left the palace and the city. 
She lived in exile away from her city. However, she was not just sitting and moping around. She was plotting a return, a plan to take down her brother. During this period, she had not only her brother as her problem, but they both had the Romans lurking just around the corner. Rome was gaining their interest in Egypt because of its resources. Cleopatra was very much aware of the power of Rome. The only way out for her is now to forge an alliance with the almighty Rome so that she would be able to gain power. Oh my god, please ignore my neighbor's birds. <laughs> yeah, so continuing. So what Cleopatra did was she went on a search for a Roman that would be a strong figure that would stand shoulder to shoulder with her in alliance. And that strong Roman would be Julius Caesar. During this period of time, he was the most powerful man in the world. He had conquered everywhere and had a huge army behind his back. However, Ptolemy XIII, Cleopatra's now teenage brother, was the first one to meet Caesar. When the general arrived in Egypt during a civil war in Rome, Caesar was in Egypt hunting for his rival. This was the official given reason. However, unofficially, he needed some money to pay his army. Since Cleopatra's father owed the Romans money that he used to retain his power, and now she and her brother inherited her father's throne, they also inherited the massive debt. So Caesar was in town to collect his debt. The teenage pharaoh wanted to make a good impression and got a gift for Caesar to show his loyalty to the Romans. He got Caesar the head of the Roman rival that Caesar came looking for. This plan, however, backfired as Caesar got upset and was really, really unhappy, the least to say. Julius Caesar was shocked that this bunch of foreigners dared to kill one of the all-mighty Roman. Caesar, angry, ordered the execution of the man that had killed his rival. This, however, gave the exiled Cleopatra a perfect opportunity to make her move. She decided to sneak in into the palace during the night to woo Caesar. She was gambling her whole life with this. If Cleopatra was found, death was almost certain. It was a dangerous plan, however, it was like she knew how charismatic she was and was confident that she would be able to woo Caesar and seduce him. There was this story about how Cleopatra, you know, sneaked in using a carpet and she rolled herself from the carpet when she met Caesar. Well, researchers highly doubt that, you know, this particular thing happened. 
researchers believe that she took out some kind of night coat and appeared in front of Caesar's room and the rest was history. Cleopatra was in her early 20s, say about 21, and Caesar was in his early 50s. Caesar was known to be a seducer of women. He was a man that had his fair share of affairs with both men and women. Caesar just loved the excitement that Cleopatra brought. Politically driven, powerful queen trying to seduce Caesar was something that he quite enjoyed. That night, both of them became lovers. To think about it, it's kind of weird that she sleeps with a 50-year-old man. But during the ancient time, they slept with, you know, brothers, siblings and so on to retain powers. So this might not have been so gross during that time. It was said that during the ancient time, political relationships can be in a bedroom and sex and lust can be used as a political weapon. What made the almighty Caesar fall for Cleopatra? What made her so special? Some describe her as the definition of beauty. However, there is evidence to prove that it was more than just beauty that made Cleopatra a legendary queen, based on a coin found from her time. The coin that, you know, had her image on it. She had a very pronounced nose and did not fit in the normal beauty standards. Maybe in ancient time, having a big nose was considered a good thing. Cleopatra may not, you know, be as glamorous as we think. The myth of beauty was probably created after her death. However, historians have mentioned that she had a bewitching presence, a huge intellect that was very hard to resist. It was said that when Cleopatra started talking, everyone listened. And this was because of her mind. The beauty that, you know, she had was the beauty of the mind. She drew people close to her with her charismatic personality and character. Some believed that Cleopatra knows that she is charismatic and she knows that she has this power to play people. She knew she could just toy around with the Roman. Cleopatra has managed to seduce the great Roman general Julius Caesar. That morning, her brother, the pharaoh, had discovered the truth about Cleopatra's little plot. He was humiliated at the fact that he was no longer in charge. He knew that Cleopatra had won Caesar over. And he knew that he was no longer in control. Ptolemy XIII was furious. He was so mad that he started throwing tantrums and ran out of the palace saying that he was betrayed. 
Caesar brought back Cleopatra from exile and reinstated her as a co-ruler alongside her brother. By doing so, Caesar has now shown the people and the world how strong the Romans were. After reinstating Cleopatra, Caesar then insisted the Pharaoh king, Cleopatra, and their two younger siblings join him for dinner. It was the most strange and toxic dinner ever. The tension in the room was crazy high. The siblings were technically at war. For one Ptolemy to survive, the other three must die. This was what they were used to. This was what they saw growing up. However, Caesar had other plans. He was convinced that he had the ability to bring peace among the siblings. The peace among the siblings only lasted a few months until Cleopatra's brothers supporters one fine day rose up against the queen being unhappy with her relationship with the roman general the attacks even reached the palace where cleopatra had to rely on caesar's troop to stay safe this shows the effect that cleopatra had on caesar that he was willing to use his troops to protect her she was a very charming and smart woman. Even though they had 30 years between them, Cleopatra and Caesar had a lot in common. One of it being their thirst for knowledge. With their political ideology together, his military savviness and her wealth, the world would be in their hands. And many believe that they actually were aware of this matter. The Roman troops went on to defeat her brother's supporters in no time. Now, the Romans were officially the queen's protector. Ptolemy tried to run, however, he drowned in the Nile River while trying to do so. Cleopatra's younger sister, on the other hand, were arrested and banished by Caesar's force for being increasingly disloyal. Both of these incidents worked in Cleopatra's benefit. She went on to take the throne alongside her harmless younger brother with the blessing of Caesar. During this period of time, one of the most important things that happened was the fact that in the eyes of the Egypt, following its custom, Cleopatra was married to Julius Caesar. In ancient Egypt, to be married to someone, you would literally just need to move in together with them. There was no ceremony, there was no any ritual, there was no any, you know, customs for marriage. However, this was not the same case for Caesar. A member of the Roman Senate was not allowed to marry a foreigner. Besides, Caesar already had a wife in Rome. This was just a live-in relationship. It was, you know, two adults living together, sleeping together and using each other for political agenda. Her plans were complete when she was pregnant with Caesar's child. By having this child, she hoped that finally now Rome and Egypt 
could combine force and become one. During the birth of the child, Caesar was, however, back in Rome. The child was named Caesarian, which literally means little Caesar. Cleopatra was happy that she had a healthy boy, a boy whose father was the most powerful man in the world. However, some people in Rome doubted that this boy was Caesar's child, but Cleopatra was clear, hence naming the child Caesarian. This boy could be the union of the East and the West and has the potential to one day even take rule of Rome. Cleopatra is now a queen, a wife, and a mother. Ancient Egypt used to look at the ruler as a godly figure, and this was the period where Cleopatra started acting like one. She started representing herself as not only the queen, but she started embodying one of the most powerful god, Isis. For most ancient people, this was their reality. People started believing that Cleopatra was the almighty Isis god. During this period, the life of Cleopatra was starting to merge with the legends of the god Isis as Isis was the symbol of divine mother. Cleopatra was smart to pick Isis to embody. Cleopatra was now this fertile divine mother godless to the eyes of her people. Some believed that she was not only pretending to be Isis but she actually believed that she was Isis. This was also seen as a great political move. Her life now was complete, but not for long. After waiting for the right time, and when she felt secure with her position, Cleopatra visited Rome with her son. She went on to reunite father and son, and reassured that the pact with Caesar was still good. This visit was, however, not all good news. Rumours started spreading like wildfire. A good Roman woman is someone who's, you know, quiet, doesn't really drink, don't really do much of the thinking, someone who's modest and, you know, basically a woman who stands by her husband. Cleopatra was the complete opposite. She was smart, she had her own views, she drinks, and she invites her guests to drink with her as well. She was a woman living in a man's world. To the Romans, Cleopatra was this barbaric queen from the land of the Egyptian, where things were completely opposite to the Roman ways. You know, the Roman ways, which they thought was the only right way to live. The situation got worse when Caesar set up a statue for Cleopatra in the temple of Venus, the mother. Rome was a republic that does not believe in the idea of a monarch. Cleopatra being a queen technically goes against their whole idea and beliefs. Besides that, they hated the fact 
that their general could be involved with a monarch and catch royalty. She was everything they hated. There were a lot of rumours surrounding them during this time. Rumours such as Caesar was intending to marry Cleopatra, there were rumours that he was starting to act like a king, and even had intention to rename himself as king. These rumours were really scary for the Romans, who had been a republic over hundreds of years. It was almost ridiculous for a Roman to think of becoming a king. However, life for Cleopatra was sweet. Just in four years after being in exile, she was now the ruler of Egypt without any disturbance from her siblings and her alliance is the most powerful man on earth at the point, Julia Caesar, the Roman general, her lover. Life changed on the 15th March 44 BC. The now unpopular Caesar entered the Roman Senate. As soon as he entered the Senate, he received a warning letter. However, he decided to read it later. Within minutes, Julius Caesar was dead. He was attacked and stabbed to death by 40 senators. The civilized Senate members of the most advanced civilization at the time murdered their own general. It would be fair to say that Cleopatra had her parts in Caesar's unpopularity and eventually led him to his death. Now the father, her protector, is no longer alive. Things were back to being unstable for Cleopatra. Cleopatra knows that her security is in jeopardy and she started plotting again. She was already thinking how to turn this loss to a win and she did not want the death of Julius Caesar to be the death of her great plans and hard work. She remained in Rome for about one month after the death of Julius Caesar, looking for a new ally in Rome. She needs to find a way to prevent the Roman from invading Egypt and stealing their riches. The stakes were now high. She needs to protect herself, her son and her nation. This was the time she laid her eyes on the Roman co-ruler, Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony was this person that went around, you know, showing off that he's this strong man. He claimed that he was the descendant of Hercules and he carried a sword around him, you know, just to portray an image. However, Mark had his weakness, sex and woman. He loved his wine, but he loved his woman more. For Cleopatra, alliance with this playboy meant survival. Cleopatra had her doubts in the beginning. Was it smart? Was it a smart choice? Relying on this less of a man. During this period, Rome was a mess. After Caesar's death, things went chaotic. A new civil war 
was at its rise and she was not sure if Mark Anthony would come out winning. That was not the only problem Cleopatra had. She was facing some heat back home from her co-ruler, her younger brother, Ptolemy Fourteenth. When Caesar was alive, her brother was, you know, just a puppet ruler. However, her brother grew up, and especially without Caesar's protection. He is now a direct rival to Cleopatra. So she packed up Rome and left. Mark Antony has to wait. Soon after, Cleopatra's brother coincidentally dies. Many believe that Cleopatra would have murdered him. It was too good to be a coincidence. So now Cleopatra could make her son the co-ruler. Once things got settled, you know, the brother's dead, she made her son the co-ruler, things were quite settled in Egypt, Cleopatra now focused again on making alliance with the Roman, in particular, Mark Antony. It was 41 BC. The Roman Empire had faced three years of chaos and civil war after Caesar's death. Mark Antony had survived multiple attacks to his power. Mark Antony, on the other hand, needed the financial backing of Egypt to retain his control. So Mark Antony went on to ask Cleopatra to meet him. He insisted that she meets him at his palace at the Eastern Mediterranean. Cleopatra was prepared. She was prepared to put on a show of her life. Cleopatra wanted to display a sensual power and wealth that is carefully curated to take advantage of Mark Antony's every weaknesses. She was aware that Mark Antony might be attracted to her and she used them to her advantage to win his alliance. On that day, Cleopatra was running late and this drove Mark Antony crazy. Cleopatra soon arrived. The show she put on when she arrived was said to be so glamorous, so sensual and extra. She wanted to make a good first impression. Cleopatra came sailing into the river. She surrounded herself with gold and Cupid look-alike boys standing around her, fanning Cleopatra. It was described to be a very erotic arrival that eventually intrigued Mark Antony. Upon arriving, she sent a message to Mark Antony. Guess what? Telling him that she would not be able to come to him and insisted that he comes to her. Cleopatra is now turning heads. It was a gamble that worked. The show that she was putting on to get his attention worked. She got his attention even before meeting him. He knows Cleopatra's plans. However, Cleopatra knew that Mark Antony would need Egypt's resources. It was a game of life and death for Cleopatra. An alliance means her life is safe, her son's life is safe, and her nation is safe. 
for Cleopatra, sex was a tool in politics. She was really smart, too smart that she let Mark Antony think that he was the one seducing her. Their chemistry was electric. Mark Antony would become the love of her life. He would also become the reason for her death. After Caesar's death, now Cleopatra had yet again schemed her way into a position of power. He was so mesmerized by Cleopatra back in Turkey that he followed her to Alexandria, Egypt. Officially, he was there to secure the funds that the Romans needed from Egypt. However, he actually stayed there for fun and pleasure. Mark Antony was said to have been a show-off kind of person. He loved the glam and the lifestyle in Egypt. He loved Cleopatra's exotic culture. When Caesar was in Egypt, it felt more like an invasion. He controlled the palace. However, Mark Antony just had fun. They were drinking and partying all the time. They were said to have even played some drinking games. Everything was surrounded by fun and pleasure. However, their relationship was also getting pretty serious. What started off as a political plan ended up with passion. It was said that there was more passion between Cleopatra and Mark Antony compared to Cleopatra and Julius Caesar. During this time, she had already eliminated her brothers. However, there was still a threat to her power. The threat came in the form of her sister Arsinoe. With the help of Mark Antony, Cleopatra eliminated her sister as well. Her sister was actually in exile in Turkey, somewhere where, you know, Cleopatra could not reach. However, with the help of Mark Antony, she was killed. She was killed by Mark Antony's soldiers on his command at the age of 28, with all her rivals killed. Cleopatra now has complete power and control. Cleopatra could finally relax. She has her son to take over and continue her throne. Her rivals were dead and Rome was on her side with Mark Anthony being her lover. However, their relationship created a problem. What was accepted in Egypt was creating a huge drama in Rome. In Rome, Cleopatra was nothing more than a drunk and the Romans feared that Mark Antony was turning into a native in Egypt. They were also worried that there was nothing in Rome that could bring Mark Antony back and he was becoming a slave to this woman. Cleopatra's relationship with Mark Antony was enough for Mark's rival Octavian to plot something against him. Caesar had given Octavian his power and position after his death and only at the age of 22, he was a co-ruler of Rome alongside Mark Antony. Octavian took the western side of the Roman Empire and Mark Antony took the east side. However, the Romans are not really good at sharing powers, hence a storm was brewing.
Busy with his life in Egypt, Cleopatra and Mark Anthony were completely unaware of this plot and were blinded by the growing threat of Octavian. There was a famous story that once Cleopatra challenged Mark Anthony to throw the most expensive party and told him that she could top whatever that he does. During one of those parties, she took an expensive pearl from her earring, dissolved it in a cup of wine and drank it. That one cup of wine was more expensive than any party that Mark Antony has ever thrown. Cleopatra was said to be smarter, more mature compared to Mark Antony. Some even described him as a overgrown schoolboy. Cleopatra wanted more. She wanted her empire of her own. It was an ambition that caused by her past. It was inspired by the Alexander the Great. It was Alexander that founded the city of Alexandria, a city where Cleopatra grew up. Alexander had created an empire, a huge empire that crossed borders of Egypt. However, the empire was no longer there. Reinstating his lost empire became Cleopatra's lifelong mission. With Mark Antony by her side, Cleopatra was ready to make this dream come true. She wanted to create a Mediterranean empire ruled by her and her lover, inherited by her son. However, Cleopatra's plans had a flaw. Her plans depended on Mark Antony being in control of Rome. As they were busy partying in Egypt, Mark Antony was losing his support back in Rome. The Senates were more on Octavian's side now. And Octavian does not like Cleopatra one bit. Maybe he believed in the rumours about Cleopatra that, you know, she was this whore that eventually took over the hearts of Roman general. In his eyes, she was someone to be feared and not desired. He was now plotting the lover's downfall. Cleopatra and Mark Antony soon will come to hear about this power manipulation by Octavian. In early 40 BC, Mark Antony left for Rome to handle this situation, leaving the now pregnant Cleopatra back in Alexandria. Cleopatra knew if Mark Antony lost his power, everything she had worked for would be wasted. So she was actually okay with him leaving. She even made the sacrifice of being completely okay when Mark Antony married another woman in Rome to keep power. To keep his place and power, Mark Antony marries none other than Octavian's sister. While Mark Antony was marrying another woman in Alexandria, Cleopatra gave birth to his twins. However, they kept in touch in secret and Cleopatra made sure she and her kids were not forgotten and her dreams of a shared empire were still alive. The dream of a shared empire will actually be the reason for the war between Octavian and Mark Antony soon after. 
in hopes that Mark Antony will be the ruler of Rome and she would be given the chance to rule the Mediterranean, in 37 BC, she funded Mark Antony's military in conquering Alexander the Great's lost empire in the east. However, Cleopatra's ambition was too big for Mark Antony's ability. His campaign was a disaster. He lost a lot of men and lost the campaign miserably. It was a miracle that Mark Antony even survived. Mark Antony was not a good commander. Humiliated with the defeat, he fled to Alexandria to find consolement from Cleopatra. This defeat made it hard for him to return to Rome. However, he was still keen in making Cleopatra's dream come through. He wanted to hand over the lands to Cleopatra and her kids in hopes that in the future, they would be an empire on its own. Handling over the Romans' land to a foreign queen was however seen as an act of aggression by the Romans. It became obvious that Mark Antony and Cleopatra were trying to develop an Eastern Mediterranean empire that would, you know, be a direct competition to the empire of Rome. This was the perfect reason that Octavian needed to attack Egypt and seize its riches. He wanted to attack Egypt and take down his rival Mark Antony and in the process conquering the land of Egypt. Cleopatra became the perfect reason for Octavian to go to war with Mark Antony. In the spring of 32 BC, Octavian declared war against Egypt. A year and a half goes by. In 30 BC, after multiple defeats, Octavian and his troops were finally closing in Alexandria. At this moment, Cleopatra realized that she made the wrong choice by choosing Mark Antony. In the beginning, Mark Antony was more of a capable man, but she never expected Octavian would be the winner in the end. To avoid being the one caught in the middle of both men, behind Mark Antony's back, Cleopatra made Octavian an offer. There was a story saying that she offered to pay Octavian money in return for Egypt and her son's Caesarean safety, but Octavian did not want her cash. But instead, he wanted her country, where he can have all the resources, money and status for himself. And he wanted his rival Mark Anthony dead. Cleopatra realizes that negotiating with Octavian will be hard and all they can do is to wait for his arrival. Octavian and his troop soon stormed into the city, beating what was left of Cleopatra's army. Cleopatra realized that her only way out might be death. However, she was determined that her death would not be in the hands of Octavian. In the ancient world, suicide was looked at differently. In a place where people mostly died out of disease and war, suicide was seen as a way that, you know, greats can control their own death. 
So Cleopatra started experimenting with her prisoners to test which poison was the most dignified way to die. 1st August 30 BC After days of planning her own death, Cleopatra said goodbye to Mark Anthony for the last time. If they were defeated, they would make a pact to kill themselves. He left the palace to make one last stand against Octavian. However, his troops had already surrendered to Octavian, leaving him a general without an army. It was a disaster and it was the beginning of the end. In the movies, it was normally portrayed as a suicide pact. However, in reality, it was said that Cleopatra had a messenger sent a message saying that she had killed herself. She knew how Mark Antony would react. She knew he would kill himself after hearing this. It was said that she really did love him. However, she chose power over passion. Mark Anthony went on to stab himself thinking that his lover was dead. However, Cleopatra was not dead at this point. She had his wounded body brought to the palace where she was hiding. She has now manipulated Mark Anthony to take his own life. And what movies tell us is that you know, she held him in one hand, brought the poisonous snake to her breast, and both of them died. However, that's not what actually happened in history. In reality, in 1st August 30 BC, Mark Anthony dies. However, Cleopatra has no intention of dying with him. The suicide pact was a scam. When Octavian's guards reached she gave Mark Anthony's body in an attempt to save her life and her country one last time. In reality, there was no snakes, there was no romantic tragedy, there was no suicide pact. Just manipulation that made Mark Anthony kill himself. She did not die or kill herself right after Mark Anthony's death. She was still hoping that she would be able to charm Octavian as she did Caesar and Mark Anthony. She knew her glamour will not work with Octavian, so she tried taking him down intellectually. She gathered letters from the late Julius Caesar proclaiming her loyalty to Rome. It was said that she was so persuasive that Octavian could not be in front of her, that he got up and left. She was so persuasive that if he would have stayed any longer, he would have fallen for her tricks. Finally, Cleopatra met a man that would not be persuaded, bought or seduced. None of her tricks worked with this man and he did not want a simple defeat. Octavian wanted to humiliate Cleopatra. He wanted to parade her in the streets of Rome, showing the people how far Cleopatra had fallen. And he was the man that brought this exotic woman down. Cleopatra was not going down this way. She finally realized that her dreams and ambitions were dead. On the 12th of August, 30 BC, 11 days after the death of Mark Anthony, 
realizing that her dreams are no longer achievable, Cleopatra decided to take her own life with poison running through her veins rather than leaving her faith in Octavian's hands. Even in the last seconds of the death, she was in control and this actually pissed Octavian off. In vengeance, Octavian destroyed everything Cleopatra ever hoped and loved. Her nation was conquered by the Romans and her child with Caesar, Caesarian, was murdered. Her children with Mark Anthony disappeared. And that's how the legendary queen Cleopatra died and how Egypt fell under Rome. So that's it guys for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed this little story about Cleopatra. I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks with another mystery or a true crime story. Stay tuned. Hope you guys enjoy and bye!